Good morning and happy Sabbath. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him. I said, be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good and is merciful and his grace endureth to all generations. We just want to thank you for tuning in this morning on behalf of our pastor, Jonathan Fields, and First Lady Melody Fields. We want to extend to all of you a warm tabernacle of praise. Welcome this morning. This is truly going to be a blessing today. We want you to be an electronic evangelist. We want you to share link and save a life this morning. Just share your page and just invite somebody on so you don't want to miss your blessing this morning. I don't know about you, but I am just so excited because we are what? Two weeks away from our grand reopening on Labor Day weekend, September the 4th. All roads are going to be headed towards Tabernacle of Praise, and we'll be having our in-person worship. Amen. We've been away from you so long. We just want to be able to see you in person. We're going to just usher in the Holy Spirit. I'm just excited. We had our first cry rehearsal last night. The Holy Spirit is just getting warmed up. And so we want to invite your neighbors and friends. And if you haven't logged in, if you haven't signed up, just get in contact with Sister Carol, Sister uh, Lewis. And just let her know that you want to join so we can get your name on the list because we want to do things decently and in order. Amen. So this is going to be a blessed day. Our pastor, we're going to join him a little bit later. You know, our sister church, Baran, is an in interim period without their pastor. So our pastor is on assignment today. He's preaching at Baran. And this will be the first time in over a year that he's going to be preaching in front of a live audience on Sabbath. So this is going to be a special Sabbath. We want to support him. So at this time, we're going to have Sister Lakita with our stewardship moment. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath. God, it's really good. This has been an awesome week. We are here again. We woke up. We have our health and strength and just God is always with us. He takes good care of his children. Today, I want to talk to you about, I want to share with you some thoughts I have about um, compassion. And it's so easy for us to overlook the little things that we can do. But did you know that an act of compassion can have an eternal outcome? Did you know a compassionate act can save the lives of one of millions? 
We never know uh, the outcome of a kind act. When Jesus was uh, betrayed by one of his own, have you ever been betrayed by your own friend, a person that you love and that you care about? Have you ever been concerned that um, or, or kicked out or mistreated by someone you love? After Jesus was betrayed by his friend, then he was uh, taken into the governor's house, into Pilate, and he was stood before the governor and they were accusing him. And they were accusing him and saying that he did something wrong, but he had done nothing wrong. Have you ever been accused about something that you did something wrong and you had not done anything wrong? In this case, this accusation led to a severe and serious situation. Although the governor saw nothing wrong, he said, hey, I'm going to turn this man over to you. But first, they beat him. They spit on him. And they gave him a, 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 a crown of thorns and put that on his head. It was hurtful. It was bleeding. He was just in pain. Have you ever been accused by someone for doing something that you didn't do and you even suffered as a result of it? You suffered a punishment. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you lost your spouse. Maybe your children suffered. You know, because if you did, then you know what you needed at that time was some compassion. Well, after they beat Jesus, then he was too tired, too, too sick, too weak, too much in pain to carry the cross. Three times the cross was put on him and three times he fell up under the, the heavy weight of it. You know that if he had not gone all the way to the cross, that may have jeopardized our salvation. That may have caused some problems for us. But instead, someone comes, someone comes to his help. This person was named Simon of Cyrene. He came off the coast of Africa. He came and they compelled him, hey, take on this cross with you, this cross for him. You carry it. See, he was neither a Jew and he was not Roman. The Jewish people couldn't do it. They were in Passover. They did not want to get contaminated because to carry that cross would have contaminated them. And also the Romans weren't going to do it because here they, the Jewish people was under their control. They wouldn't dare stoop to carry this cross for him. So Jesus and our salvation, Jesus was in a dilemma and our salvation was on the line. And here comes a man from Africa and he picks up this cross. And he looks at Jesus and he carries his cross and he carries his cross slowly and he carried it step by step with Jesus. And as he carried it, he carried it with compassion. And as he compassionately walked slowly with Jesus, Jesus walked slowly with us in, in times of our struggling. In those times when you've been accused, in those times when you've been mistreated, Jesus does not uh, berate you and and in times when you mistreat other people, he doesn't cast you out, but he compassionately walked with you as you struggle with the sins and the problems in your life. Simon carried, um, they, they were two men in step, two men in step in compassion. Each is carrying the other's load. You see, Jesus was carrying the sins of Simon as just as he was carrying our sins too. Here they were, locked step in step with a sad and sorrowful situation, but one that was soon turned to joy, but not before the ultimate of all compassion was shown. This was an act of compassion that had an eternal outcome. Indeed, Jesus went on to the cross. Uh, he prayed, he asked the Lord to, he asked his father to take this cup from him, but that was an unanswered prayer. And I'm grateful to say that it was, I'm grateful that it was an unanswered prayer. Because that prayer saved me and it saved you. We have salvation now. Remember this week, as you go about doing your work, 
doing your duties, saving your time, using your time, talents, temple, and treasure for the Lord, that your compassionate act can, can possibly save the lives of one or it can save the lives of millions. You never know the outcome of your compassionate act. And we also would like for you to support us as we systematically act compassionately towards other, others in our outreaches and ministries for those whom we love and whom we are concerned with. And we would like for you to, you can help us by providing a um, contribution through dollar sign, through our cash app dollar sign, T-O-P-G-I-V-I-N-G. Or you can go to um, SEA adventist.org and make a donation there. Thank you very much for your time and for your, temp, your attention and also for your compassion to us others. Make today a great day. Amen, amen, praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Lakita. That was a beautiful message there on compassion, amen. We need the love of God. God will judge us on how much love we have in our heart towards others, amen. And we want to be faithful to God, faithful in our stewardship. Praise the Lord. At this time, we're going to ask Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson to bless us with a beautiful song this morning. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. It doesn't really matter if you're. If you're in a sanctuary or if you're driving your car, if you're just sitting outside relaxing today, no matter where you are, the presence of the Lord is there. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. In the midst of his children, the Lord said he would be. It doesn't take very many. It can be just two or three. And I feel that same sweet spirit that I felt oft times before. Surely say that I've been with my Oh. Mm -hmm. 
around us as God's glory fills this place. I've touched the hem of his garment. I can almost see his face and my heart is overflowing with the fullness of his joy. I can say without a doubt that I've been with my Lord. For surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Sister Beverly, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. That is where we want to be, in the presence of the Lord. It's prayer time right now. And we know that you've sent in your prayer requests and God knows your prayers. It says, before you call, he will answer. While you're speaking, you will hear. So let us reverently bow our heads in prayer. Father God, truly, we're so thankful and grateful, Lord, that you have afforded us yet another opportunity to call upon your name. Lord, we pray that we will, you would forgive us for our sins as we approach your throne, there are, that our prayers will not be hindered. Lord, we relinquish, Lord, the things of this world, Lord. We empty ourselves, Lord, that your Holy Spirit may fill us, Lord Jesus. We're so thankful, Lord, that you kept us through this dangerous a week this 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 week, Lord Jesus, from many dangerous toils and snares, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that we can come together, Lord, to praise your name, for truly you are worthy, Lord. We pray, Lord, today, Lord, that we would see Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will cancel every assignment of the enemy upon our lives, Lord. There are many that are dealing with sicknesses, Lord. There are some right now that are in the hospital, Lord, some that are undergoing surgery right now, Lord. We pray that you will be the attending physician, Lord. Guide the hands of the physician, Lord Jesus. Let your angels encamp around those sick beds. Lord, those that are dealing with all types of sicknesses, Lord, be it... Uh, vertigo, Lord, be it COVID, Lord, diabetes, Lord, hypertension, uh, uh, heart issues, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we just turn it over to you, Lord. We know that you are the great physician and you have never lost a case. 
Lord, so we trust your power. We pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will anoint every home, every household, Lord. Bless our finances, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will bless our young people, Lord. Bless those that have strayed out into the far country, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will guide them back, Lord. Don't give them rest, Lord, until they have made their peace with you, Lord, as we have entered into these last days, Lord Jesus. The trials and tribulations are coming more fierce, Lord. The fiery trials, Lord. We pray that our faith will not fail, Lord. We pray that we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, Lord, that we will not be moved, Lord. We'll hold on to you, Lord. You said that you're able to keep us from falling. You said a thousand may fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it will not come nigh thee, Lord, because you are our refuge and strength. Like David said, we will look into the hills from whence cometh our help because we know that our help comes from you, Lord. So, Lord, we just trust in you. Whatever we're facing, Lord Jesus, help us not to be discouraged, but help us, Lord, to just trust you, Lord, knowing that all these things are working together for the good of those things that are called according to your purpose, Lord Jesus. So we know whatever you uh, are bringing us to, Lord, you will bring us through, Lord, and we trust you and we thank you, Lord. Now, we just lift up our dear pastor, Lord, today who will be breaking the bread of life this morning, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you will keep his mind focused on you, Lord, that you will speak through him, anoint his tongue, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you will get rid of any distractions, Lord, that he uh, will be able to speak that word with power, Lord, and be with your worshipers today. As we, Lord, listen to these words, open up our heart, open up our minds and our understanding that we will be receptive to your Holy Spirit, Lord. So when it is all over, Lord, we will say, what must we do to be saved, Lord? We want to be filled that we may uh, show, Lord, the fruit of your Holy Spirit and relinquish the works of the flesh, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for just being our God and our Savior, for uh, uh, cleansing us from all unrighteousness, Lord. So we claim that power by the blood of Jesus right now. We ask it. Amen. Amen. And amen. At this time, we're going to join the Berean uh, Church and their uh, program is already in progress. And so just pray for the pastor and we'll see you on the other side. God bless you. There shall be showers of blessing. Send them a Grant to us now a refreshing. Come and now honor thy word. Showers of blessing. Mercy drops round as our fall. But will the showers be weak? There shall be showers of blessings. Oh, that today they might fall. Now, as to God, we're confessing. Now, as on Jesus, we call. Showers of blessings. 
And the guy was dead and said, okay, we're going to argue the parts. I still don't know what I was happy about that. But I said, I'm, I'm getting this noise in my car. It's having something that's going on with it, shaking. And he's like, okay, you got some clay in your wheels. He looked at it. He said, but uh, you need brakes all around. I was like, oh, okay. The way I drive, I'm not surprised. I like, need brakes. But this particular time, he's going to let me go. And something saying, no, don't go. You know, and I know the South Spirit. And I said, you know what? I said, can you just take my keys and drive my car? I'm, I'm figuring he's a mechanic. He'll know, you know, what to do, what is going on. So he took the car and drove it. He was back in like three minutes flat. He said, ooh. <laughs> I'm so glad you said to do that. He said, your tire is about to come off. Now, I was in the middle of some successive important engagements. And where I was with the car repair was on the south side way out of Regis Merritt or 55 and remember. And I had to go all the way north to Ferguson and get there quickly for an event that I was helping to host for my job. And so I would have been fine. But I tell you what, when he said that and he fixed it, he said, okay, now I'm good to go. I just gave praise to God, started crying because of my joy in how God is always there for us. You cannot to understand the blessings of God. <laughs> so I just pray that yeah, we don't have to be fearful. We don't have to run. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. And with all your wisdom, get understanding. And we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So as long as we walk with the Lord, he's going to take care of our problems. We don't have to be fearful of the things that are coming up on the world because we have the one who is in control working on our best path. So I thank God for this opportunity. Hope you will bless and continue to enjoy this day. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Are you glad? Come down and heal the son. 
And Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not go out. I'm thinking about Jesus. If you just come down to my place and heal my son, what do you mean unless I see signs and wonders? You know, folks, sometimes it's all in the ass. It's all in the ass. The nobleman replied to Jesus. He said, he said, sir, come down. Again, he's saying, Jesus, come down. Come to my house and heal my son. Sometimes it's all in the ass. The man wanted Jesus to come down to his home. But Jesus said, go thy way, thy son live. Now, he wanted Jesus to come down to his house. But when did he need that miracle? When did he need that miracle? The Bible says that the, his son was at the wood. Now, Jesus decided to travel down to his house. The boy might have been dead. And so it, it occurred to me that sometimes it's all in the ass. See, when Jesus said to him, except he sees signs and wonders, you won't believe. It, it, it may not have been that Jesus was improving him so much. As he was saying, you know what? You asked for the wrong thing. I come down to you and I said, I don't feel like dealing with the drama. You know, your boy died and you have a brother. Maybe Jesus had something else to do. Jesus told the boy, the man, I can heal your son right now. I can do the same right now. Some of us need some stuff done right now. But you asked Jesus to do it your way. You ask the Jesus to come over here and do it. Go over there and do it. Give me that person. Give me this woman here. Give me that man here. It's all that he asked. And Jesus is setting, setting the thing that you see right in front of you. Jesus is saying, I got the answer right here, but you think about the solution over here. Right? Sometimes it's all in the hands and it's all in the town. And Jesus is telling you, I can fix it right now. I can fix it right now. And sometimes we just need to understand and trust Jesus to fix it in the way that only he can fix it, in the way that it needs to be fixed. We don't necessarily want a solution sometimes. Sometimes that's the problem. That was the case. That man wanted his son raised. I got a son. I got a 19-year-old son and a 14-year-old daughter. And if there's a point of death, I will be healed right now. Right? We got some stuff in our lives that needs to be taken out right now. We got some issues in our lives that need to be fixed right now. We got some bills that need to be paid right now. We got some stuff going on in this church that needs to be taken care of right now. And today we're going to pray and ask God to bless us in a special way right now. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for so much that you've done for us, Father. Oh, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do except, Father, you give me the words to say. Father, will you bless this church? Bless in a special way, Father. You know the individual needs of each person here, Father. And God, I ask that you give us that right now faith. That doesn't necessarily mean that the situation is going to get fixed right now, but it does mean that you're dealing with it right now in your way. And in some instances, yes, it is an immediate situation that needs to be and will be resolved right now. But Father, however you do it, we've got to have that just now faith in Jesus. 
Help us to trust you when we can't trace you. Help us to trust you when the thing that we want is not the thing that you know we need that will yield the experience and the abundant life that you want us to enjoy right now. So, Father, we know that the church has needs. Their financial needs need to be met. Oh, God, would you bless them in a special way. Uh, God, we ask that you bless every individual in the church who is dealing with personal uh, loss, whether that be illness in the family or whether that be the loss of a loved one, Father. Whatever the situation may be, oh, God, we ask that you bless in a special way. And it's not just this congregation here who has needs. It's those watching as well, Father, who have needs. And we trust, God, that you will bless in a special way. Help us to ask and to believe and to trust that you will do as you say you will do because you promise that you will do so. And then, Father, finally, we ask that you continue to work in our hearts and in our lives and bring about the change that only you can bring, that transformational change, Father, which must take place in us so that our hearts can love you fully and so that we can do what you request and demand us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. I do thank you, Father. Amen. Good morning, church family. It's a blessing to have Pastor. The Lord has been so good. When I first met this man, it was it was that own spirit. Truly, is a man of God. So this morning, we ask that you would just lift him up in prayer. His wife, his family, just make him up in prayer because see, we have to receive, thus said the Lord. And the Lord is going to use him. So we ask the Lord that you would give him the undivided attention. Right? This morning we sang a hymn. I was I know there are many hymns that you know of. Um, 
There's one hymn that I know of that talks about faith. So I'm going to use that as the last hymn. But I'd like to leave a couple of other hymns uh, in between. So I'm only going to ask for two. I know that's going to be very difficult, but I just need two hymns from someone in the audience. And I'll take them from two people. All right, and one more. One more. All right.
Amen. So it's actually the, the microphone. So I don't know how top fair today, but we are so thankful to be here. Um, trust and obey. I think it was 19... 87, maybe 88, um, Lamar Campbell and Praise um, put out their debut CD. And my sister at the time, I wasn't an Adventist, and my sister, Jackie, um, wanted to go to the concert and didn't want to go by herself. And so I accompanied her to that concert with Vicki Winans and um, they sang Trust and Obey. And that song has helped me through uh, many of dark nights, many of dark days, many of dark moments um, as I journey to the place where I stand now. Um, <clears throat> so thank you um, for that song selection. You know, it's been... Um, my wife and I was trying to tally it up. I think we came up to what, about 17 months, maybe about 17 months since we actually stood in church on Sabbath 
preteen to real folk. <laughs> I'm at home, we have a setup at the house and we're still preaching from home, but this is our first Sabbath experience with the saints. So, but we are, we're so excited because on the 4th of September, we'll be preaching to our folk. Come on somebody. We are so thankful that they are able to join in with us. We are so blessed that with technology, we're able to make this happen. I pray that they can hear me. Um, amen. My wife has given me the, the nod, so I take that everything is good. That's my, that's my, that's my, that's my everything. Can I say everything? <laughs> So I thank God for her. Um, September, I mean, um, August uh, the 23rd, which is in a couple of days, uh, we'll be celebrating 23 years. Oh, yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I am truly thankful that she held on and didn't throw in the towel. And I know I gave her many reasons to do. To do just that, but God, she's a praying woman, and so she said, God told me to stick around, so I'm gonna stick around. So, thank you for being an obedient daughter to the master. <laughs> I, I am, you know, I, I am so elated and so excited to be here. Um, anytime I'm able to stand um, in, in this here manner, I am just overtaken. Um, I was talking to Brother Terry last night. We were in here pulling things together and we were reminiscing. Um, Terry and I met several years ago at Andrews, amen, um, by way of me dropping um, Sister Rochelle Gilliam, of who I did not know, uh, but her sister Ruthie called my sister and wanted to know if she could run her to the store. And my sister Jackie um, was tired and didn't feel like running her to the store and so asked me if I would. And so I was just happy to be doing something and I jumped in the car and went and picked up this young lady, didn't know her from the next person and uh, we kind of clicked real well and um, she wanted to pick up something from her brother Brian house and that's where I met brother Terry um, and it's just amazing how here we are, here we are again. Yeah. But God is so good. I know you're not here to hear all of that. You're ready to hear about the word of the Lord. But I just want to say, first of all, um, I, thank, I thank my uncle for being here. I thank, um, um, you know, just, just the love and support that he has given me being in the family. Um, i never forget, and I have to say this, um, when I propose to, um, his favorite niece. I'm gonna throw that out there. Is that all right? Um, his favorite. <laughs> uh, he pulled me to the side, um, and he had some words. But I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna be nice. Uh, but you know, we have we have had a great relationship, Uncle June. Um, there's never been. I guess I could say that there's never been any issues. Uh, we've always been able to relate to each other. 
Um, I always had that type of relationship, and I thank God for you. We definitely family. Praise God for you. Um, if you don't have, if you don't mind, um, I just want to get right into this word. Um, I thank God for again my tabernacle of uh, praise, my top family who is actually viewing right now. We thank God for you. Um, we just celebrate you right now. We are just so excited about what is going on and just looking for God to do some great things. So um, if you don't mind turning with me to the book of Matthew, um, and we'll get right into our message today. Now, normally, what is it, 12, 11, 55 for my watch? Normally, um, I'm about finishing up. So we're going to see how this is going to go. <laughs> Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter two, amen. And we're gonna get right into the word today. Pray that you are blessed. I understand we, we had Pastor Josiah here last week. Amen. Well, I'm not Pastor Josiah. <laughs> amen. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna step away from the camera right quick cause I wanna do the word justice and um, don't want to make up stuff as I go along. So I'm going to grab my, if I put them in here. Well, if not, praise God. For, here we go. Sometimes I try to read without them and I end up making up words as we go along and I don't want to do that today. <laughs> you ever do that? Can we be honest in God's house? Mark chapter two, Mark chapter two, we want to start with verse one. And um, when you have it, please stand with me as we read God's word today. Mark chapter two. And the word of God says, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic um, who was carried by four men, a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. And well, why do this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? You are to say, arise and take up your bed and walk. But, they, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Verse 12 sums it up and says, immediately he rose, took up the bed, 
and went out to the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Uh, today, if you don't mind, I just want to share with you from the topic, who's in your corner? Who's in your corner? Let us pray. Father God, again, we're so thankful. We're so blessed. We're so privileged to be able to come uh, before you in this manner. Uh, we recognize, God, that it's not by power, nor by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. And so, Father, have your way today. Do what you do. And let us not leave here the same way we came. For this is your hour. This is your moment. This is your time to spend with your people. So remove me out the way. Let your word be proclaimed. I must now decrease that the word of God may increase into your hands. I commit my spirit in Jesus' name we pray. Let the people of God say amen and amen again. Who's in your corner? You know, I'm reminded some years ago as I used to hang out in my neighborhood and uh, had a friend that used to come and we used to click and connect and hang out. And I remember a situation uh, arise where my, at the time, my manhood was being challenged. And because the numbers were a little lopsided, my friend uh, uh, decided to step up to let me know that he had my back. And so I realized that I wasn't in this alone, so I thought. Uh, I proceeded towards the altercation. But my friend quickly reminded me, hold on for a minute. Not now, let's wait a few minutes. And, and so we began to walk away from the situation. But the situation followed us where we went. And so I was ready, I was game. I was, I was, I, I was about that at that moment. And so I ran back towards the altercation and my friend reminded me, not now, not now, hold on for a minute. And so I bagged off, I waited a little while, and, 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 and the altercation, uh, the young gentleman and his crew, they continued to follow, they, be, they continued to, 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 to stay on our heels, and, and, and you know, at this time, I was beginning to feel like I was being a little soft, because I don't, I don't bag down from a fight. And so I stopped in my tracks and I began to run back to the altercation. And my, and my friend quickly reminded me, he said, not now, not now, not now. So I figured he had, he had a plan. I figured he had something up his sleeve. And so as we, pretend, as we continue to walk away from the altercation, I finally hear my friend say, now. Oh, I got excited then. My friend said, now. And so I ran towards the altercation and he ran to the house. <laughs> Who's in your corner? The text kind of help us out here as we see here that Jesus 
uh, is, is, is hard at work as he as he's always hard at work. We see here the text kind of reminds us that, and again, his he entering into Capernaum. So so it, it, so the text let us know that this isn't the first time that Jesus shows up in Capernaum ministering to the people in Capernaum. And so at this point, Jesus finds finds himself in a house, amen. The text tells that Jesus isn't in the house. Jesus is preaching in the house. Jesus is sharing the word of God in the house. Jesus is ministering, and it was so much so where the room, there was a room enough for anyone to come into the house. The Bible says that there was so packed that there wasn't even room even outside of the house. Now, I get Jesus, 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 Jesus was preaching hard. Jesus, Jesus was, was preaching hard. Jesus, Jesus knew all about the greatest need. It wasn't, you know, Jesus knew all about the issues that was going on. And so Jesus was there. He was preaching. And the text goes on to say that immediately many gathered to hear Jesus preaching. Many began to gather, many began to gather, they began to realize that there was something going on like none other. Here it is, Jesus has been here before, Jesus has preached here before, Jesus has showed up here before, and now he's back again. Oh, I have to go and hear about this man called Jesus. Oh, I have to go and hear about this man called Jesus, because the last time Jesus was in town, I missed it. The last time Jesus showed up, I was... I I wasn't able to get off from work at that time. The last time Jesus was here, I, I, I was caught up in some other things. I had so much going on. My schedule was busy. I couldn't make it to the church house at that time. But now Jesus is here and my calendar is clear. My schedule is free. I need to go and hear what Jesus has to say. I can just imagine that as we look out and Jesus is preaching that there were so many people that it was almost as if it was pandemonium. Folk everywhere, people everywhere. And the Bible says that Jesus began to preach. He began to teach and people were trying to get in and people were trying to get close to him. People were just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. And these four friends They've heard about Jesus' healing power. They've heard about Jesus raising folk from the dead. They have heard the stories of this man called Jesus defying gravity and walking on water. They've heard the stories of Jesus feeding folk with two fish and five loaves of bread and still having stuff left over. They've heard the stories of Jesus healing and cleansing, and they've thought about about their friend. And so the story goes on and tells us that these four individuals took their friend to see Jesus. Now I love it. I love it because as I as I as I as I as I looked it over as I began to ponder over this message here uh, just to give you a little historical insight. You see Capernaum was a fairly large town with about 1500 residents and a major center of trade and commerce in Galilee. You see in other words the interdimensional trade route from Egypt through Palestine to Syria and Mesopotamia passed nearby. And so caravans came through which travelers and merchants 
churches from many nations and stations of life. So this was a place of trade. So there were people from all walks of life. These were individuals that showed up and most of them didn't have a debt that they, when they showed up, didn't plan on running into Jesus. I don't know if you've ever been there where you struck out in your day and something transpired where you had no idea that you was going to run into Jesus. Travelers and merchants, they had to stop and they had to pay a tax on their way through town. Fishermen and farmers had to pay a tax when they sent out their produce. And so a lot of tax collectors of headquarters was right there in Capernaum. So the climate was so good that the locals threw Capernaum as a, uh, it was like a paradise. So this was the place to be. This was the happening spot. In other words, Capernaum was where you wanted to spend your vacation. Capernaum was that place where you wanted to set up shop. And so five of his 12 disciples came from there. It was an ideal place for Jesus to spread out his message. And the inhabitants of Capernaum had many opportunities to see and to hear Jesus. Capernaum was the spot to be. And so Jesus is there again. He's there ministering. He's there teaching. He's there sharing the word of God. And here it is. There were so many people there that these four friends, these four young men, they decided to take their friend who was paralyzed, amen, to see Jesus. But they couldn't get him in through the front door. They couldn't get him in through the front door. So these four men, these four friends decided to do the unexpected. They decided to do the unthinkable. They decided to think outside the box. So it was their decision to go up on the roof, tear the roof up, and let him down. Now, when I first thought about this message today, one of the titles that I thought to you uh, was faith that blows the roof off. Because these four young men had faith enough to go up on the roof, tear it up to let their friend down. Do we have any faith folk in here? Do we have folk in here that have that kind of faith? Faith that is that will blow the roof off this place? But I said, that's, that's too easy. I like that one. I like that one. But then I thought about another one. I said, I said, I said, maybe we should just call it the faith of a few friends. Because see, you have to know who's in your corner. You have to know the type of folk that you're hanging around with. Because the truth of the matter is, everybody that's in your circle don't have that kind of faith that is willing to turn a roof off to get you the help that you need. You see, they'll try to, they'll, they'll do it to get what they need. But do you have folk that surround you, folk that's in your corner, folk that, 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 that will lift you up, folk that is willing to put their self on the line for you? So, so I thought about that, but I said, you know what? We're just, we're just going to entitle this 
who's in your corner. Because I believe that we need to understand and know, like these four friends, that, that who we have in our corner, we need to know because Jesus, Jesus is preaching, Jesus is teaching, Jesus is ministering, because you have to understand who's in your corner. Because as Jesus began to heal the young man, when they let him down the roof, and Jesus saw not the paralyzed man's faith, it wasn't his faith that healed them, but Jesus saw the faith of his friends. What kind of friends do you have when Jesus looked at them? What are the friends in your corner when the Spirit of God moves? Are they friends that, that, was, that was stick with you through thick and thin? Are they those kind of friends? So Jesus saw the faith of these four young men and he said their faith. It was their faith, the Bible tells me. He says here in in verse in, in, in verse five that when Jesus saw the faith he saw that the paralyzed he said son your sins are forgiven you now it's amazing to me but I love it I love it I'm gonna try to get ahead of myself it's amazing to me that this young man was uh, 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 carried up the roof amen I, I don't know why he was paralyzed I, 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 don't, I don't know what was going on but, but what I do know is that he was paralyzed and he couldn't walk by himself. And so his friends carried him along. Do you have those kind of friends that will pick you up, put you on their back, and carry you through the muck and the mark? Do you have those kind of folk in your life that is willing to put all that they have on the line so that you can have, willing to give up what they have so that you can have? One of the things I like to share with my members is that when you call me, uh, I, I'm this type of pastor. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't matter uh, what time of the morning, noon, or night that you call me, I'm accessible. You can reach me, amen. I will get out of my bed, and I don't just say this to be saying this, but I say this in all honesty, that you can call me at four in the morning. I have a witness that is sitting right there because I've had it happen a few times. I will get out of my bed at four in the morning, two in the morning, three in the morning to come see about you likewise. <laughs> Likewise, if I need you, I should be able to call you morning, noon, or night, and I should be able to have access to you just like you want access to me. I need to have access to you. Oh, I'm quick to remind you that you put a lot of stuff on the pastor, amen. So, I like to tell you like this if I can't cheat on my wife. You can't cheat on yours either. If I can't lie to you, you can't lie to me. If you want my children to sit down in Sabbath school, I'm going to need yours sitting down too. See, I need those kind of folk in my corner. I need the kind of folk in my corner that understands that, that although I'm a pastor, I'm also human. That if you cut me, I'm a bleeder. If you hit me wrong, it's going to hurt. That I'm no different than anybody else in here. 
Sometimes we fail to realize that we surround ourselves with folks that mean us no good. These young men right here took it upon themselves to grab their friend, take him up on the roof, let him down so that he can be healed. But you have to be careful who's in your corner because Jesus healed the man, but there were folk in the room that had a problem with Jesus healing that young man. Or you got to be careful because sometimes you're blessings will affect somebody else. Sometimes your blessing will cause somebody else to feel some kind of way. And Jesus read in the hearts of those individuals. He said, wait, wait, wait a minute, time out, time out. Let's push pause right here. Because see, we, we need to learn how to celebrate individuals. We need to learn how to celebrate when God does something good for somebody. And not always feel like a, that they're not deserving of it. The truth of the matter is, none of us is deserving of it. The fact that you woke up this morning ought to be a blessing enough for, for you to be excited that you didn't wake up by yourself. Oh, when I see my wife, even though she went to the store five minutes, when she walk in the house, I get excited. When I see my children, I get excited. Yes, I just saw them yesterday, but I get excited. I get excited when I see the children of God. Yes, I just saw you last night, but I get excited because somebody didn't wake up this morning. Somebody didn't wake up out of their sleeping bed last night. So I get excited when I see the people of God, and we have to learn how to get excited. But these Pharisees, these scribes, these individuals that God had given us the authority and given the power to be teachers and to be leaders took it upon themselves to have a problem with the fact that Jesus healed this paralyzed man. Oh, how selfish can we be at times? Oh, how selfish can we be at times? We have to learn how to celebrate each other, my brothers and sisters. We have to learn how to get out of God's way and learn how to lift each other up and have to learn how to love on each other because it's not about us. It's about God. It's not about my problems or your problems because the truth of the matter is what I'm going through is nothing compared to what somebody else is going through. And what I'm going through is it, it, nothing compared to what somebody else is going Everybody's going through something. And these young men, instead of them getting excited for this young man who has paralyzed, who couldn't walk, who had to be carried everywhere, but now he has the freedom to be able to move on his own. And I'm just reminded that sometimes we get jealous of each other because now we realize that I don't need you anymore. Now, now you don't, you don't, you, you don't, you don't need me to go to the store for you anymore. Now, now, now I, you, you, I, you're not depending on me now, and and now you're able to do it on your own. And so now that that there she go again. She 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 just driving again. But see, when she didn't have a car, you had a problem with picking her up and taking her to the store. Now, 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 now that he have a car and he's able to go for himself, now, now you're hating on him. 
Amen. Uh, see, 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 before she got the job, uh, you, you, you know, you had a problem uh, when she would always come up short and, and, and always was in need. But now that the God of the heavens have blessed her with the job, now she no longer needs your assistance. Now you have a problem. See, we have to learn how to celebrate each other. We have to learn how to allow God to be great because what happened, oh, help me, Holy Ghost, because what happens is, is that what God was doing in this man's life, it wasn't just for this man. It was for everybody that was in the room. So when God blesses me, the blessing is not just for me, but the blessings are for those that God has placed on my path to be a blessing to us. And all so many times we get the story twisted and we think that the blessing is about us, but it's not about you. It was never about you, but God looked beyond your faults and he saw the needs, not just your needs, but he saw the next man's need. He saw the next sister's need. But he's using you. He's using you. Hallelujah. He's using you to be able to be a blessing to somebody else. But all too many times we get it twisted. And these teachers, these individuals, they got it twisted. And I love Jesus. I love him because Jesus had to call upon them. You see, notice the text says that, that, that these individuals uh, here in verse 6, uh, the Bible says, and some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. In other words, this wasn't an actual conversation that was taking place. Uh, but these individuals was reasoning in their hearts. These individuals were just sitting back in the cut like some of us right now just looking up, but in our hearts, we're forming an opinion. In our hearts, we have an idea, we have something to say. In our hearts, we already throwing haterade. In our hearts, we already doing stuff that is shutting down. In our hearts, we already being hateful and being spiteful and being mean, but they smile in your face all the time. You gotta know who's in. You have to know who's in your corner. These individuals, they stood there and in their hearts, they were thinking, oh, who is this man? Who, who he think he is to be able to forgive sins? Now keep in mind that if the four men drug their friend up the stairs, on the roof, broke the roof up to let him down for a physical healing. But Jesus saw beyond his faults and blessed him with a spiritual healing. Jesus forgave him of his sins. I'm going to let that marinate. Let that marinate. Because sometimes we think we need a physical healing. But the truth of the matter is we need a spiritual healing because Jesus had to remind these individuals. He had to let them know why do you reason in your heart? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That right there would have been word enough for me to change my whole attitude because I'm sitting over here minding my business. Yeah, I'm thinking all kind of hateful stuff about you. Yes, I'm over here got all this stuff. But for you to tell me what's happening in my heart, that's enough to make me want to switch the dial and turn it to heavenward. 
So why is it that you have a problem with what I'm doing here? So why are you saying that? Why do you? He said. He said. He said. Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, "Your sins are forgiven you," or to take up your bed, rise, take up your bed, and walk? You see, you have to understand that Jesus could have very well said, "Oh, this man is paralyzed. This man need a physical healing." So let me just go ahead and heal him physically. But you have to understand that a physical healing without a spiritual healing is no healing at all. Jesus dealt with the main issue. Ooh. Jesus dealt with the main issue. Oh, Jesus dealt with the spiritual need because you have to understand, my brother, that it's the spiritual need that's going to give you your breakthrough. Your spiritual need is what's going to give you your, your uh, come up. It's the spiritual need. It's the spiritual need that's going to give you your breakthrough. You see, when we get our physical healing, amen, sometimes we forget about Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we lose our mind with the physical. Uh-huh. Sometimes we forget who we are with the physical. You know what I'm talking about. I know I'm not talking. I know I'm at Berean. Come on now. I know, I, 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 know, I know we got some real saints up in here. Some of y'all, amen, when you got your stimulus check, come on, help me, Lord. Okay, I'm staying in lane. Let me, let, me, let me stay in my lane. Let me stay, I'm, a, I'm a visitor. I'm a visitor. <laughs> but, 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 that, but that physical blessing, amen. Uh, I'm Amen. That held this young man down. Yeah. 
Now the map that he was led on, pick up your bed and walk on. The abuse relationship that you were once in, I need you to pick it up and walk away from it. All of the haters that were surrounding you, I need you to pick them up and walk away from it. I need you to get yourself down to another location because now you have the means to travel. Now you have the means to reposition yourself. Now you're no longer a subject to the abuse that you grew up in. Now you can walk away from it. Now you can have a different lifestyle. Pick up your bed and walk up. Oh, you opened up the door of a whole other conversation. And Jesus had to remind him, let me explain something to you. He said, I said to you, to the young man, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately this young man got up and walked. And if you notice, you hear nothing else about the Pharisees, nothing else about the spies, nothing else about these individuals. Oh, how Jesus had to shut them down. But as we talk about who's in your corner, we understand that this young man, he had some friends in his corner. He had some friends that were willing to blow the roof off just to get him the help that he needed. But I just want to walk away from here and leave you with this right here. Somebody else that is in your corner. Somebody else that laid his life down that you may have life. Someone that looked beyond our faults and saw our needs. Somebody else that is in your corner. And that somebody, his name is Jesus. Jesus is in your corner. Jesus is not that kind of thing that will have you walk all the way to the house and then say, okay, let's go. And Jesus went home and he went to the battle. The truth of the matter is, Jesus is in the battle waiting on you to get there. That's my God. That's my Savior. That's my friend. That's the one that I pray for. That's the one that I call for. That's the one that I lean on. That's the one that I depend on. Jesus, the everlasting Father. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Jesus, the King of Kings. Jesus, my Heavenly Father, my portion. You're my everything. In the morning, you're my Jesus. In the evening, you're my Jesus. In the new day, you're my Jesus. I know who's in my corner. How do I know who's in my corner? Because Jesus woke me up this morning. Started me on my way, put food on my table, clothes on my back. It's nothing that I've done that is deserving of this. But it's because of the way I am. It's because of Jesus, the everlasting Father, who sees me. He sees me. And he understands that there are times. That you're going to find yourself in situations where you're going to need to know who's in your corner. Because there are folk that look real good, sound real good, talk real good, smell real good, but the truth of the matter is, they're not good. These were scribes, these were folks inside the church, and I'm always amazed when I preach a sermon and I preach about the Pharisees and the scribes that these were church folks. Oftentimes, we always want to talk about what's going on out in the world as if the world is the only place where problems reside. But I'm reminded that church folks lie to Church folk are telling you to. Church folk are putting your name out there. Don't get it twisted. Don't 
might be caught up in here, but you're in the heart of safety where you can't be touched. If you ever want to not be touched, then you might want to leave here. Because as long as you're in here, you're going to have problems. As long as you're in here, you're going to have issues. As long as you're in this church, you're going to have some drama jumping off. The truth of the matter is, we know who's in our corner, amen. We know who's in our corner, amen. We know that we serve a God that will never leave us, nor forsaken us. That He will always be the right back. Come on, somebody. Jesus. Jesus. That's my truth. When I didn't know Him, He knew me. When I had no idea about ministry, he did. Yes, did. When I had no idea about a saving grace, he did. Just like he's in your corner or my corner, he's in your corner too. Yes, yes, yes. So I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what's jumping off in the world right now. But I don't want you leaving here like you're all alone because you have somebody in your corner. What else you do? You have somebody that is in your corner and he is right there with you every step of the way. So when they hang on you, he's in your corner. When they lie on you, he's in your corner. When they cheat on you, he's in your corner. When they do all manner of evil against you, he's in your corner. That's the part. Oh, I'm getting excited right here, right now. He said, I will never leave you. I will always watch over you. But don't get it twisted, my brother. Don't get it twisted, my brother. Yes. Jesus said, I got you. Yes. It gets rough at times. It gets hard sometimes. Oh, yes. It gets hard sometimes. Don't, 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 don't let go thinking. Thinking my inside is just easy peasy. It's all good in the neighborhood. No, 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 no. There are some times you're going to have to cry. There are some times you're going to be lonely. For whatever it is, lonely, crying, by yourself, out of the past, in the fiery furnace, Jesus said, I'm in your corner. Hey, 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 there may be somebody here. Uh-huh. If you haven't recognized that Jesus is in your corner, you want to know who this Jesus is. I cannot leave here without giving you an opportunity to meet my Jesus. Yes. So if you're here, you want to get to know Jesus, I'm just asking you to raise your hand. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? Yeah. Amen. You may be going through something right now, you just want somebody to preach. But if you're that person, I'm asking you to stand on your feet. Amen. Amen. We all going through something. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad to know that Jesus is in my home. Father God, we see everyone understanding. 
Father God, you hear all that is going on, and even my tabernacle of faith, even my top family here in the living room, you and your home. If you want to stand doing this here special appeal, I just invite you to stand right there where you are, in the living room, in the kitchen, wherever you are. Grab your spouse's hand, grab your neighbor's hand, and just let them know that, that, that you know that Jesus is in your home. Father God, you are so amazing. You are so awesome. Lord, we all are going through something. They say that if you're not coming out of the fire, we're going in the fire. Lord. We're in the fire already. But whichever stage we are, Father, it's a blessing to know that you're in our home. So it's my prayer tonight that as we leave here, Father, that you will make yourself more visible. That you will let the family of God know that not only are you in their family, that you will reveal yourself to them while you're in there. Again, we are so thankful, we are so blessed. Cover us and keep us in prayer. In Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Can we touch the name of the Lord today? Is it all right? Is it all right? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Saints. Wasn't that a beautiful message, a powerful message from the pastor? Who's in your corner? Praise the Lord. Well, I'm so thankful to know. Thank you, Pastor, for reminding us that Jesus is in our corner. He said he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's like a brother that will, he was like a brother that will stick closer than any brother. We're just so thankful today that God has blessed us with such a beautiful message. And we just want to remind you that on tomorrow, what day did I say? Tomorrow, we're going to have our last church cleanup day before our big celebration on September the 4th. So if you have a vacuum cleaner with an attachment, that little hand attachment, because we need to vacuum our chairs, uh, we want you to bring it. So if you have a Kirby, bless God, Bring that on tomorrow at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. We don't have to be there long. Many hands make light work. So please come out and be a good steward for the Lord. Amen. And on Wednesday uh, Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock, we want to encourage you to tune in to our midweek power hour. We've been having some good uh, words of encouragement. Get your prayer request in because there's there's power in prayer. Amen. And so we just want to encourage you just to be faithful until next week. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. Amen.